have Future Wager at 50 to 1. You do. I got another 25 to win. First leg, Warren. I, I just walk home. I'm just straight out the door. I'm gone. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another edition of the Two Units Podcast. Another big episode coming at you today with the likes of the Supper, Pack Your Nags, our unit of the week, and round out the show, of course, with our best bets, Two Units. My name's Nick Foot. Joining me is the great man. The Sultan. Good afternoon to you, Saltsy. How are you, mate? Footy, good to be here, mate. And look, let's just get straight into this. I've got to bridge or, or sort of talk about something with you. Um, you spoke about Jimmy last week mm. um, and how you're now Jimmy at RSN to the uh, the barista. Mm. Well, I was, I was on air with Michael Felgate on Wednesday and he referred to you as Jimmy uh, <laughs> live on air as well. No. So you got a, you got yourself a bit of a conundrum here. How do you go about this? Do you, because if you really sort of kick up and, and are hardcore against Jimmy, well, people might just keep coming at you and call you Jimmy. But if you accept it, you might get called Jimmy. What, what do you do here? Yeah, it's a good call. <laughs> They're tough with those nicknames. At least it's not something like it's not like Pinner or something like that <laughs> that you don't really want to associate yourself with. I tell you what, we were recording on Monday as did the verdict with. Um, Felgate and Shark and the reason he got that was a, a lady that works for the Melbourne Racing Club walked past and smiled at me and said g'day Jimmy and uh, obviously a listener of the show shout out um, and it's like did she just call you Jimmy and then I had to explain the story on air and for the next two hours on the verdict Felgate and Sharky just referred to me as Jimmy whenever they wanted my opinion on something so I, I think these are some organic nicknames that sometimes stick but yeah, Jimmy, like, you could do a lot worse than Jimmy, let's yeah, be honest. Fair uh, yeah, fair that. Remember, um, so we had a mate that we used to work with, we shared an office with, and and one day he just got lazy with his lunch and we used to be real, um, <laughs> we used to hold people to account that yeah, we were we close to and he went and got a 7-Eleven lasagna, it might have been for morning tea or something, and we were into him and we just kept getting into him about it like every day for, for months until he finally just snapped and, and looked at us dead in the eyes and, and said, you know, he didn't mix his words, that he was absolutely filthy about it. He hated it. It was time to stop. And we sort of backed off after that. Yeah. You might he, need to do that with Jimmy. His photos in my uh, co- phone contacts is still a 7-Eleven lasagna. So when we speak on the phone, <laughs> yeah, I just get a filthy lasagna <laughs> pop up. What a disgrace. Look after yourself. This fresh, delicious, tasty, meaty, turkey-filled, cold-cut, Combo. I eat three every day to help keep me strong. Yeah, no Sev's lasagnas on the menu this week in the Sultan's Supper. Uh, and this is where we get an opportunity to celebrate great performances, put our arms around people, basically whatever we want to speak of in a positive light, Sultan. Well, speaking of lasagna, um, you know, it's, it's in the realms of pasta. It is a type of pasta, I guess. And something that I like, I like basil. I like basil pesto. I like I, I like basil on, you know, vodka pasta. It's 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 great basil. Um, and I want to bring basil to the supper, but not the herb. The big nosed variety, Zemphilus. <laughs> yeah, that's how you say his name from from Perth. Now, if you're politically inclined, like I don't give a stuff. You you left, you're right, whatever. Just go about your life. Go about your own business, and 
don't drag other people down with you. So if you're against him, Basil, because he's he's running for the Liberal Party, well, who gives a stuff? But the people that came for Baz and wanted to to sever his head off last week after that little soundbite got out about what he was talking about win, women's tennis, just a storm in a teacup. Then the whole thing comes out, and it's so clear as day that he, that's not what he was talking about. But the people that attacked him, you know, attack first, questions later, which is the way that a lot of media goes these days. They've listened to the whole thing and they're actually refusing to back down. They're refusing to acknowledge what they've heard and they're still saying that despite having hearing the evidence, that that's what he said about women's tennis when it's just not clear. So I just want to bring Basil along because he's probably feeling a bit flat this week. Oh, no doubt, mate. People would rather be outraged than right. That's just where we are in life at the moment. And then the same people, yeah, the same people that got pissed off about it is only because he's a a person that's liberal. So, you know, he's either central or or just right of central in his political beliefs. So they just kept going for the carcass, even though that... (laughs) You've carcassed him. (laughs) Even though that after... Yeah, I've been watching a lot of whale documentaries. Um, Bet you have. Yeah, so... Yeah, he needs to come along, Basil. We'll put our arm around him, regardless of your political leanings. Um, I commented on one thing, which I never do on Instagram, on the Batuta when oh, they boy. went in. And, and then I was getting attacked left, right and centre from all the lefties. Someone called me a Murdoch, a Rupert Murdoch bootlicker. <laughs> What's that me? Yeah, I, I'm not sure. You picked, you picked a really interesting page to sort of speak up on as well in terms of in terms of like a satire publication, but it's just the same deranged absolutely come for you. The same deranged dickhead that called me that I I went and looked through and he was commenting on all the the posts and and how funny it was and and whatever that, you know, the shoes on the other foot. You're a loser, mate. You're an absolute fucking loser. (laughs) He's dropped the neck. It's not happy. Uh, I tell you who. I'm inviting this week. It's actually, we're back on the great game here and it doesn't matter who you are because the great game gets you and this man's getting an invite. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon is getting an invite to the supper this week, Salts, because uh, it was well publicised. If you looked left, right, in front of you on any social media platform, you would have seen that Dale was going around Hmm. uh, on the Kenzo yesterday in the opening race, the two-year-old race there that was part-owned by Matt Damon, and it was named Dale after his favourite movie character being Dale John C. Riley from Step Brothers. So uh, went down flopped on debut because it was very well supported and doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter if you wake up with amnesia on a boat and fight the world and if you bring out four jason bournes you can still go down in this great game so welcome matt damon and you get an invite to the supper matt damon matt damon matt damon is the full story out because i heard a snippet with jared but paul masara didn't actually he just said he got a call from LA saying, I want a horse, but you have to call it Dale. It's like, okay, but, you know, a, a bit would have led up to Matt Damon giving you a call from LA. Mm. I mean, I'm not sure. Yeah, don't know. He still gets an invite, though, yeah. just for whatever. Suck, suck eggs. Try. We should have sold him Zidler. That goal regulation says a what? So you will listen to every damn word I have to say. 
I seen those finger paintings you bring home and they suck! I'm calm! Packing eggs, time salts, getting things off our chest. Tennis has just finished up here in Australia and something's caught your eye. Yeah, I just feel like the players are a bit precious mm. um, with noise. So they, the Australian Open brought in a new thing that instead of it every two games at the change of ends where spectators can enter the, um, the stadium, I guess, arena, yeah, um, they changed it to every one. And the players were blowing up about it, too much movement. It's like, it's like shut up. Mm. You're getting paid absolutely squillions and these people – you know, people that watch tennis are the reason why you're getting paid because the more people that watch it, the more money in the broadcast deals, the more money that goes towards tennis and the, and ultimately the more prize money. So without these people, you're doomed. And you expect them, if it's a long game, to wait outside for, for 10 minutes to come in and have a look when it can be five. Mm. So stop being so precious and get over it. It's actually awkward as a spectator coming in as well when you do go out. I don't know. I I didn't go this year to the tennis, but I've been in previous years. I don't like the feeling. I hold it. I'm an absolute camel. I'm too scared. <laughs> too scared <laughs> to upset someone. Um, this is something I'm not up. Sad. Uh, oh, alarm's going off in this house. Uh, this is something I'm not scared to get on the front foot with, though, and send packing. And it's bottomless brunch. So the whole concept to me is... It's it's a little fraudulent because it started off with good intentions and so it's what what time would you usually call brunch? Where would you sit that on a sort of? I'll give you a give you a window. Yeah, I, I, and I, I reckon there's a ninety minute window, uh, and there's no other correct answer, and it's ten to eleven thirty. Yep, yep. I I couldn't agree more. And if you finish up by midday, so be it. It's still brunch. You're eating prior to 12 and it's later in the morning. That's mm. that's my window for brunch. Yeah. Now, everywhere is currently marketing bottomless brunches from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. It's a bottomless lunch. It's a lunch. It's not bo- – and the whole concept is – I don't know if it's just because it sounds sexy. It appeals to that group of girls that get together on the Saturday or Sunday. I was trying to watch the races uh, with a mate. Not long ago, they had the screen on Channel 7 on at Fargo in Richmond. And it's like, you're going to have to move on. We've got a sitting coming in for bottomless brunch till three. I was like, mate, it's it's lunchtime. So bottomless brunch for me this week, Salt's no good. Pack your nags. What else we got here? Well, speaking of food um, and brunch, did you see the people that um, went to the old Mona Lisa? Um, No. Not across the, this. Where is it? At the Louvre? Yeah, the Louvre. Yeah. 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 Um, and they were protesting for the use of sustainable farming and food or something. So they went and threw pumpkin soup on the Mona Lisa. So luckily it was covered <laughs> by glass, but they smuggled in pumpkin soup and, and threw it on the Mona Lisa. And the question I've got for them is, what has the Mona Lisa or Leonardo da Vinci done to you? It the the thing was painted like two hundred and fifty years ago. So how does some protesters the way they go about it, it just makes you scratch your head? Oh mate, we, if we you just go in and you just piss people off, it has the other effect. We spoke about this the other week where you stand in traffic off the Balti in peak hour and you hold up everyone. All it makes you do all it makes everyone do is hate you and what you stand for. It's a great call. Yeah, so I saw that and I thought that's 
just weird behaviour. So it's got to go. Yeah. And it is, don't waste a bloody good pumpkin soup either. Yeah, I think it was Campbell's as well. <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> when they're galloping to the gates, there's only one place to bet. Top Sport, the home of horse racing. Whether you're a sprinter or a stayer or just a fashion-conscious player, go the distance with bigger bet limits and top odds on every race, every time. Download the app for a faster, easier betting experience. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Uh, it's time for Salt's Specs now, and as always, proudly supported by Top Sport, we'll take an in-depth look at the Caulfield card headlined by the likes of the Chairman Stakes for the two-year-olds. We'll learn a little bit more about a couple of those going around and uh, how that may shape the market for the Blue Diamond. And uh, we've also got the Belmain Stakes as well, a Group 3 for the Mayors. They're the two main acts. And duck across the border as well. Morfittville Parks, they're racing there this weekend, Sultan. And, geez, I'll tell you straight off the top of the specs. I'm in Tassie at the moment, and I'm down in this... Uh, the in-laws office and it is 700 degrees here salts if you can see my i've i'm i'm sweating an absolute treat i might not get through this show <laughs> what's the actual temp there well tassie's a funny one it's like 23 23 but, but the bureau of footyology it's a feels like 42 yeah it's windy yeah. though isn't it yeah, it's, yeah it's, it gets a bit stuffy inside. It, yeah, it does. But the sun down here, mate, the hole in the ozone, I've said it a million times, it, it snaps you up. It's, yeah, it's, there's yeah. a hole in the ozone. There's yeah, no doubt about it. It gets you every time. Careful <laughs> spraying your deodorant, mate. <laughs> oh, no. I'm glad you can't smell me through this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, what your breath could, last one. Obviously. <laughs> what do we expect at the, uh, at the Heath Salts? I just want to confirm or um, tidy something up as well that the Mona Lisa has been in the Louvre for 250 years, but it was actually painted in 1703. So it's, no, was it 1703? 1503. So it's 520 years old. So, yeah. What, what did it ever do to you? Imagine, but- getting, <laughs> imagine getting bought down, that something of that heritage getting bought down by, by pumpkin soup. Oh, well, they're trying to cancel people that lived 500 years ago. Like, there was the same laws back then anyway. Like, oh, all right, let's go. Caulfield. Here we go. Caulfield, nine metres, good four. Now, the last two times the rail was out 10 metres was when it was that Wednesday and then into the Saturday. The first Wednesday, it sort of looked like it was going to play on speed and then evened up. And then the when it backed up on the Saturday, it was actually really fair. So I'm sort of leaning to... There's no wind either, um, which is always a big factor at Caulfield. So I think if the tempo's there, you, you should get your chance. Well, we like that. Hopefully I'll get my chance in race two uh, because that's when I'm starting to get involved in this program. It's a benchmark 70 over 1,800 metres. Uh, there is a three-old filly here that – it's three-old fillies, right? It's three-old race. But there's a filly here that lobs – at around 10 bucks, She opened $21, wrong price, still represents value at double figures. And that's Yosemite Falls. Three career starts, two wins. I was with her at Seymour last start. She sat up on speed in a fast run race relative to the grade. And she looked done. She got headed by Makalu at the 300 and then fought back, um, ended up clocking the fastest last 200 metres of the race in the process. And Gee, I reckon that says she'll appreciate the step up to 1,800 metres. Yosemite Falls, 10 bucks, one by three play for me, Salts in race number two. 
Uh, race number four. Uh, this is the Chairman Stakes. It's for the two-year-olds. It's Group Three. Uh, run under set weights and penalties, and it's over the 1,000 metres. And we're going to learn a little bit more about the landscape of the two-year-olds with a couple of handy ones returning here in the Merson Cooper winner in Anisa and also Coleman for, for Matty Laurie as well. Uh, what way are you heading here, Sultan? Yeah, I like Anisa. Um, you can tie in both of these together because they both beat Arabian Summer. Um and Arabian Summer was beaten by Anisa down the straight when Anisa was on debut. And then Arabian Summer had the race experience under its belt, went forward and led Coleman, and Coleman was too good for her. And she went on to have a good preparation. So that's a good form reference. But Anisa, for me, she just produced a massive last 600 when she was four wide. She was four wide, no cover in that Merson Cooper. Fastest last 600 metres of the day. She just had the one jump out. Coleman's had two. But Anisa Fenningham nearly got chopped in half in her jump out. The winner of her jump out um, just yeah. sort of balked at something and it was it actually looked quite dangerous. So Mate, she was lucky not was, to come down. It was the Rebecca, um, I can't think of the trainer's surname. It was her runner. It literally it literally sidestepped. I thought it was going to die. Yeah, yeah. It was um, It was not good. Oh, I've, got, I've got it on the tip of my tongue here. Yeah, um, bold on. print. Bold print it was. Ran okay. You know, future stars made it in first up. But anyway, she jumped out really well and the sta- and, and really quietly. And mm. it's a bit different to the way the state – they're often ridden out, the moody horses, and they look a bit flat at the jump out. She just looked um, nice and fresh. I think she'll run a big race on the weekend, as the market says. Do you have any opinion at the moment or are you – I know you. I know you're not a big futures guy, but do you have an opinion on where these these two sit in the scheme of the Blue Diamond? We saw the likes of High Octane stamp his name um, pretty much into favoritism last week, and then Hayasugi obviously winning the girls' races. Well, uh, are those the two form references, like the previews that you generally want to be with Salts? Or nah, is it- to be honest, mate, and I'm not poo pooing the question. But we just find out so much from these runs and how they're going to come back. And, uh, like, there's just no point in, in speculating here because we're going to find out after the weekend. And then after the weekend, we're going to be able to compare the ratings of mm. of those um, – pre- were they the previews? Yeah, the previews. Previews, yeah. Previews, yeah. And then, and then um, compare them to this week, the chairmans and, and whatever. Oh, I'm happy to let water go onto the bridge, but I think she's come back well. Mm. All right, well, let's move on to race number five. Benchmark 70, 1,400 metres, one for the McAvoy's, you like. Yeah, Intrepid Eagle, he's come back super. He's win a couple back at Mooney Valley. It was very good because he had the race shape against and then he had his, his line chopped out. He had to dart back towards the inside and was home really strong. And he had the race shape against at Sandown last start. The, the horse that went forward led them along well outside the class average and unfortunately he just got too far back. But his last 600 metres was... Very good. 32.84, he was home. One of the fastest of the meeting. And I think now 1,400 metres in a race that does look to have some good speed, he should get his chance to, to get back and run on. 11 bucks, intrepid eagle, 3.50 the place if you're that way inclined in race number five. Uh, race seven, we're uh, a bit of PTSD around this runner here. So it's benchmark 78 over 1,800 Meters and I speak of number three, Captain Britain for Lindsay Smith, Bo Mertens, and it was um, too bad to be true last start, wasn't it? Yeah, well, well, he should have won the race if, if that's what you're 
sort of saying, yeah? Yeah, too yeah. bad to be true. Yeah, yeah. That usually means you get beaten by 800 lengths. But he should have won. Mm. He was on the back of the speed. He, he got out too late. Um, he closed off hard once once he got clear. And that was a benchmark 84 that Super Aussie won. Super Aussie looked all over the winner in a benchmark 100 the following week. And he also should, should have beaten Piaggio, who then went and won at Mooney Valley as well. So drops in grade, Bo Merton's good record for the stable. 1,800 the query, but he was four wide, no cover two back at Mooney Valley over the mile and still strong late. So no issue there. He's a dry tracker. Should get his chance on Saturday. Uh, Captain Britain looking just at about seven bucks fifty. Yeah, seven fifty on the I diddle diddle at the moment. Uh, Race eight, the Belmain Stakes, Uh, group three for the Mayors. I'm going to stick fat with one here, uh, a little deep, who is number seven. Uh, she presents as a $4.60 chance. And look, she only just missed last start at Flemington, beaten by Sands Dute. The start prior to that overcame uh, a wide run to win well at Mooney Valley. Wrote to Arataki, Lobb's favourite in this race. And yeah, she certainly has the runs on the board. I think she deserves favouritism, just given her handicap rating of 102 to the likes of... Uh, a little deep 72 Raider, but look, she she's progressive a little deep. She's in the right camp. She's drawn to do no work in three. I think she's going to be hard to beat, and I like her at that price, 460. Uh, she's the one on the up that I want to be with in race number eight. Thoughts on 1,200? 1,200, no issues. No? She was she was str- she was strong at the end of eleven hundred last start I thought so she was she was taking ground off Sands Dude in a straight race uh, a little different she was obviously very good over a thousand the valley sustained that wide run I think given the barrier draw softer run twelve hundred no issue for me uh, race number nine we're both getting involved here Saltzman uh, and that is a benchmark eighty four eleven hundred meters. Midtown boss. We both like the boss salts. Tell, tell me why we both like the boss. Well, he walked in first up. Toyed with a, him. Yeah. And and not only that, so he's run fast time. He's run the fastest last 600 metres of the day. He could have won by further and he put two and a half on Mornings and Glory, who's gone and won twice since. So, footy Franks, footy Franks, yeah, footy Franks. And he's gone back to the jump outs, had a quiet jump out where he got to the line very nicely. Stable all horses always jump out well but he did everything you would have liked to see between the runs so yeah he's a rightful favorite on the weekend i do think there's one that's over the odds though and that's kin and people were people were quick to trash her last week but i think that she i think that she had um excuses she's not good inside horses she's drawn out on the weekend um she meets Ray Magnerio five and a half kilos better off for when she was unlucky behind him on Champion Stakes Day. Um, when Jungle Jim should have won at Mooney Valley, she was also back four wide no cover and, and kept coming. I really think there's only one horse that can beat Midtown Boss and it's Kin, and I'm going to back both Midtown Boss and Kin for, for an even result. I'm with Midtown Boss. I'm not with Kin, mate. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm... For all the reasons you've mentioned, we get a good price too around Midtown Boss. Like they opened up two bucks Midtown Boss on some corpse, and Top Sport was sort of looking two twenties now. So uh, I don't mind that. Uh, let's move on to Morphville quickly. Uh, duck across the border there. There's uh, a little smash and grab 
that I like here, Saltsy in race three. It's a benchmark 66, 15, 50, and it's Billy Bronx. She's two bucks. She's short, but I think she'll start shorter, and she's racing well, this mare, for Peter Hardacre. Bolted in last start, Gawler, um, by over four and a half lengths. She carries the same weight again here, Alana, with the Alana Livesey claim, and she can sit up on the speed and, and be too good again. Two bucks, but starts in the red, I feel. So uh, Billy Bronx for me over there. Unit. We need a slump buster. We've lost Golden Paddy. Um, we've, <laughs> we lost uh, the Canberra Raiders, the voice of the Canberra Raiders last week with Stepati. Uh, so we're two two down on the trot with no no collect and big Steve-O, Stephenson has, has stepped in this week and John, uh, yeah, John Stephenson <laughs> he's off scratch and and this is what he likes. G'day boys, thanks for having me back on as a unit of the week. Hopefully we can go better this time round. I'll be heading to the Heath Race Eight Number One Road to Arataki. Fresh with a good first up record can hopefully make it back to back Balmain Stakes, raising some much needed funds for Racing Hearts Victoria. Go well. Short, sharp, very succinct, Steve-O. So seven, like 17 it. seconds, I don't mind that. Uh, but He was yep. very good first up last preparation, off yep. two jump outs, but that was off 28 weeks. 11 weeks now, no jump outs, but handles Caulfield, easy to see. Mm, let's head to best bets time, Saltsy, and hopefully my two units play can go a little bit Further than five meters this week. Uh, Didn't have any excuses though. Nah, no. Just excuse. found just found a few better. Found, on found, the found a few better. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just got to cop and put your hand up and say I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I actually watched it jump out, and I, I didn't say it in the leading, but I saw that coming. Yeah, <laughs> pro wanker. You said to me, "Go, what do you reckon of this jump out?" And I went, "Well, it, tr- it jumped out like a fat idiot last time as well." Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't see it dipping though, <laughs> and taking a thought. It was in Burke Street. It went for a hook turn. <laughs> All right, race three, Caulfield benchmark seventy, eleven hundred meters. Johnny Rocker is my best. He was a Footies follow out of that first up run down the straight. Did a bit wrong, was beaten by Mornington Glory, who's since franked that form. We spoke about that just before on the seven-day backup. Uh, Johnny Rock was huge that day. He was in lane five or six, majority of the run, which was clearly the inferior going. Uh, pre-race salts, he got a little bit culty by all reports in the in the pre-parade, pre-parade ring, so... Um, Johnny Rocker was rocking a big fat Johnny just walking around and s- exerted a fair bit of energy. So Did he have blood? Yeah, had a little bit of blood in it. Oh, yeah. that's a good effort. I needed to run out the cold tablespoon and help him out. You but, ever um, gone for a run with a stiffy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the tan at 3.30 p.m. on a bloody nice day can, <laughs> can, really, can get the best of us. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm a gelding, mate. I'm pretty um, – of, of – uh, I had to get the weight off, so they gilded me. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I digress. Uh, uh, look, he was, as I said, he was culty that day. He's second up now um, for Nick Ryan. Fitter, stack of upside. I, I think he could be the hardest horse to beat this Saturday. And look, he's he's going to be used to, to Melbourne now. He's had that little go out there at Flemington. It's a bit different down here to the likes of Eagle Farm, Doomben and the sunny coast. So Johnny Rocker for me, best bet. My best bet of the weekend is a two-bet play. 
uh, in the last at Caulfield, race 10 to benchmark 84 over 1,400 metres. I think the horse that when we look back on the race and say, who's the best horse that's come through this race, it's going to be Jimmy Starr, of course, mm-hmm. named after you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so he won two from three in his days at New Zealand. His first two Australian runs were very impressive wins and it was a big new peak before he went to the paddock there at Cranbourne. He's had two Cranbourne jump outs in his time off and they don't jump out much better. He ran past prior to Jenny. She was just having a jump out and she got bigger things ahead, but geez, he sailed on by her. It was strong through the line. He's super hard to beat. And to be honest, I've, I'm struggling to see him get beat, but there is one that's just too far over the odds that I can spec for an even result with Jimmy Starr, and that's the 14 Sandy Prince. He's he's probably nearly double what what his price should be. You can get some $21 about him, and he was excellent in a fast race in the Ararat Bowl a couple back. He beat third by the length of the straight. The winner there, Boldeno, went Caulfield and, and won since. So form Franks, footies Franks. And then last up, we both liked him at Mooney Valley. Mm. He was heavily backed. He pulled up with cardiac arrhythmia and EIPH. So he had significant veterinary excuses. So completely pen that. He's six weeks between runs. His jump out at Flemington. Uh, in that time off was a beauty and I'd be very, very surprised if one of those two didn't win. The 13 and the 14, Jimmy Starr and Sandy Prince in the last at Caulfield. Yeah, good. Sandy Prince also in for race six, Morpherville Parks, currently three oh, bucks is 80 favourite. Is he really? Oh, yeah, sure. the tow rag's on board too. So I haven't looked at Morpherville this Well, week. the tow rag's been engaged, which often makes me think they might go there because he's the premier hoop, but we'll see. Well, that's all right. Yeah. Race six, oh, 1,400. Oh. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus Christ. He's carrying 62. They might want to avoid Jimmy, um, Jimmy as well, so we'll see yeah. how we go. But Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, good stuff, Salts. Well, um, nice sharp show today. Don't mind it. I can get back out to this. Uh, yeah, straight U- to the point, the boys. U- UV race of 37. Yeah, look at Ozone layer. They come back real tan next week, mate. The UV, I'll tell you, at Fitzroy Pool, when you sit up on the top step, it's like five points higher than down the bottom. I went with you three weeks ago and I'm still peeling. That's a keeper. I've got a skin box. At home. <laughs> just chuck my sunburn skin just straight Pretty in. Euphoria in it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, good. Uh, very good. Okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll catch you later, mate. It's when are you fun. back, mate? Uh, back Tuesday. All right. Beautiful. Yeah. I'll catch, catch up in the next week. <laughs> Sounds good. Have a good weekend. Uh, listeners, go well. Um, go well on the Rex. You have a great weekend. Good luck with Steve Unit Army, you thought I was gone, but I am back. If you loved today's episode, or any other episode for that matter, please head over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. And if you're feeling extra friendly, you could even do both. If you do like what the Sultan's throwing down as well and you want to get a few more tips from Sunday through to Friday, then head over to twounits.com.au. We've got plenty of packages there to suit everyone. You'll get the Sultan's full staking plan as well. If that's not for you though, tune in next week right here on the Two Units Podcast.